listening to a resource from Jambrew Anglican Church. Now we have eight questions, but I'm going to give you shorter answers. So let's see how we go. The first is this. If the husband won't die for his wife, does she still need to submit to him? We've been talking about this for a few weeks. Uh, Well, the teaching in Ephesians about the relationship between husbands and wives isn't dependent upon the godliness of the spouse. So so even if a wife is not very lovable, the husband's still got to love his wife as Christ loves the church. And if the husband doesn't love the wife that way, she is told by God that she should still choose to submit to him. And I think the 1 Peter 3 passage that I read out also last week uh, it, about how wives relate to unbelieving husbands, I think offers us even extra support for this view. And as I've said every week when I've talked about this, there is no place at all for domestic abuse in any marriage. And if that is happening, then it's appropriate for a separation for safety and repentance. And uh, if uh, that is something affecting you or someone known to you, I'd really love to talk to you. Question two, is there ever an age when a person can stop obeying their parent? Well, I think it depends what we mean by a child. You see, in one sense, I'm still a child of my parents uh, because I'm a son of my mum and dad. But in another sense, uh, I'm a grown-up. I'm no longer a child. I don't need to, therefore, obey my parents in that way. So when was it that I became a grown-up? Well, I, I certainly think when I walked my daughters down the aisle, I thought, I think I must be a grown-up now. <laughs> I'm not totally sure about that. But I, certainly when I got married, and probably when I left home, and possibly when I left school, but somewhere around about there, a child goes from being a child to being an adult. And so I think the command for children to obey their parents in Ephesians 6 refers specifically, I think, to a child who is not yet an adult. Question three, should an adult desire to become a child again? Well, it's funny the way that Jesus put it. It's, he, he just talks up kids so much. And the fact that kids are able to have a faith in Jesus that, that we should, as older people, aspire to. So kids, you've, you've, you're so much, you know, you're the kind of people we should be following in so many ways. We kind of want to grow down instead of grow up. So that, that simple trust that a child should have for its parent or carer should be the same sort of simple trust that a grown-up should have for Jesus. Um, But does that mean that we should generally want to become a child again? I think the Bible talks enough about us wanting to grow up, to go beyond soft food and, and, and in all sorts of other ways to grow up. So we want to try and do that, to be more adult in most things, except possibly in our faith. Question four. If an employer is not treating an employee right, should that employee still obey? We were looking at this a bit last week. Uh, Unlike slaves, employees generally have a chance to quit their job if they feel that their boss is not treating them right. Now, it's not always easy to quit, and maybe you've got a contract that makes it really hard to do that. But fortunately, our modern society has workplace laws that should ordinarily help protect employees from harmful bosses. But if the boss is unkind or unpleasant, then if you go to remain in employment with them, and as long as it's legal and ethical, then you should obey your boss. Unless, of course, it means that you have to disobey God to do so. And I think when it comes to that, we've got a great model in the Old Testament of Daniel. 
Daniel, who refused the king's orders and took all the consequences that came with that because he knew that he had to obey God. Question five. Since the promised land is the new Jerusalem, why do some Christians believe the modern Jews have a claim to Palestine? This is a comment I made last week. I talked about how all the promises of the special land for God's people have now come true and have been fulfilled in Christ. So Jesus, he is the place where we gather spiritually with him, enjoying all the benefits spiritually in him. And we don't experience it all right now. And there's that now but not yet that we get all the way through the book of Ephesians, amongst other places. But when Jesus returns, we know that we will experience that fully at that time. And so because of this, uh, it means that, the, that uh, it, as I understand the Bible, that the modern state of Israel, which is rapidly expanding into Palestine, uh, doesn't have the same spiritual um, importance that it had in the Old Testament. And that's because the heavenly Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, is now what matters, not the earthly Jerusalem. Now, there have been in in recent years um, uh, some Christians who who believe that the earthly Jerusalem right now is still of great spiritual importance. And in fact, that it needs to be that case so that the Jews would regain full access and possession of it so that the circumstances would be right for the Messiah to come back. And that's why so many evangelical Christians in the United States were enthusiastic about the US moving its embassy into Jerusalem in the last few years' time, two and a half years ago. And why the US gives so much military support to Israel, it would seem. And so I think that is the reason, to answer the question eventually, why it is that that some Christians believe that modern Jews have a claim to Palestine. And, uh, but I, I see the, the struggle of the Israeli people as being predominantly a, a political issue, not a spiritual issue, because when Abraham was promised a land, that land ultimately is fulfilled in Christ. The, the temple of the Old Testament is now transformed into the people of God. So the church is the temple. We are his body. We are the church. And when I visited with Mandy um, Israel a few years ago, it was a life-changing event and it brought to life so many of the stories of the Bible. It's incredible. But in the end, it's, it's just an historical site. The only Jerusalem that now matters for Christians is the new Jerusalem, which we long so much to see. Question six. When Matthew 25.30 refers to weeping and gnashing of teeth, is it speaking about hell? Well, yes. Uh, When Jesus explained what this parable meant, uh, he specifically spoke of the coming of the Son of Man in glory, which is the return of Christ. And when that happens, there will be judgment and eternal punishment. And in that section there, at the end of Matthew 25, he also talks about hell there in that way. Two to come. Another controversial question. How should children, parents portray Santa to our children? Well, around 20-odd years ago, I did a talk on Christmas Day uh, where I preached to a congregation of children and families about the the big man in the red suit. And uh, uh, suffice to say, over morning tea, there were, there were some parents who weren't so enthusiastic about the way in which I... Um, spoke about that man and, and what he really meant. Uh, but I'm going to be bold nonetheless uh, and say that, as we know, the big man in the red suit, it, he is a recent invention. 
And, uh, and so the Bible doesn't, in that sense, specifically answer this question. But it says enough to give us some principles that will help us make wise decisions. You see, Christmas is such an amazing time that we, we don't want anything to take away the message from the birth of Jesus our Lord. We don't want to take anything away from the message that Jesus became human in form. And that is why Christian parents should focus on Jesus at Christmas time and not on Santa. I mean, our house, uh, uh, the kids never receive presents from Santa, only from people. And in our church at Christmas time, we only sing songs about Jesus, not about Santa. In fact, sometimes we, we even rewrite some of the Christmas carols and talk about Jesus. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. No, 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 no. Uh, so does this mean that Christian parents should, should try to completely eliminate Santa from the world of their kids? Well, it's difficult to do that. Uh, our schools will often talk about Santa and, uh, it, and they might even perform songs at the local carols night. But one of the big issues is that when kids fully understand the meaning of Santa then it can sometimes undermine what they believe about Jesus. And so Colin Buchanan, who wrote the song that Jesus saves to reappropriate Jingle Bells, is the same guy who wrote the song, Jesus is no fairy tale, he's real as real can be. And I think that's just such an important message, that we want our kids to realise that Jesus is different to Santa. Santa is not true, Jesus is. So, oops, I said it there. And we want to make sure that it's very clear that at Christmas time that we know it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Question eight. Will we know everything when we get to heaven? Well, I guess we won't know the answer to this question until we get to heaven. Um, and then if we know everything in heaven, then we'll know if we will know everything when we get to heaven. Uh, 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 more seriously, I, I don't think that, uh, that when we get to heaven, we'll suddenly be completely omniscient, that we know everything about everything. And I think, I think part of that is because if I'm there in the presence of God and, and no longer with sin, do I really want to know what's happening still on earth, if, if that's a time before Jesus' return and the end of, end of and judgment and so forth? Uh, do I really want to know all of the ins and outs and the secrets of the past and things like that, even if, if it's after the return of Christ and the New Jerusalem? I, I don't think so. But I expect that we won't know everything in heaven, but we'll, need to know, we'll know everything that we need to know and we will be very thankful for all that we know and it will be mind-blowingly wonderful. Thanks for your questions. Thank you for listening to this resource from Jammer Anglican Church. For more information, head to jambrewanglican.com.